0: Welcome to this week's episode of the 13th Floor. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And today we're talking about ancient aliens. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Thank you, Allie, for this submission into the vase. It's always a pleasure to dive right back into the alien craziness.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm more of an (laughs) aliens fan than an alien.
0: Whatever, boy. You and your movie (laughs) jokes.
1: I'm more of an alien fan.
0: James, what you been up to?
2: Ah, this and that.
0: That's exactly what you said last week. That is.
2: That's just so much (laughs) stuff. I, I am. I'm. I'm very busy. It's great. Great.
0: He's very busy. We're all very busy. Welcome to life, James.
2: (laughs) Yeah, glad Um, to have you.
0: Yeah, we've been. We went to the chiropractor today. Alex went and got his back no, looked I didn't. at.
1: Oh yeah, they looked at it.
0: They looked at it, but they didn't <laughs> actually it? do anything to it yet. So
1: yeah, they just looked at it and they go, "Yeah, we'll do that sometime."
0: Yeah, they said next Thanks. time you come in, we'll adjust you. And he said, "Oh, okay." I thought gonna That's weird. Today. They they have to look at his X-rays and figure out best plan of action, James.
2: Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, James, get off your high horse, okay? How often you go to the chiropractor? Never. There you go. There, I
1: always wondered why he walked sideways.
0: (laughs) This is a a little known fact for all of you listeners out there, because I am sure most of you haven't seen James. He actually crab walks everywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he says it's to be like his spiders, but it's actually because of his spine.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) wow. (laughs) So, anyways, um, yeah, we're all just chilling here, and you know who else is chilling? Louise. Well, Louise, yeah.
1: She's, oh, I thought for sure that's what you were going to say.
0: No, I was going to say all of our listeners are on the globe because they're all just so amazing. And I think it's you time don't to know get what some shout out. Some of
1: them might be doing intensive physical labor.
0: Yeah, but they're still cool. Oh.
1: Like, like you know? Yeah, for sure.
0: Get off your high horse, man. You guys, I swear, I can't say anything without you two jumping on my back. That's right. That's why I go to the chiropractor. Okay. <laughs> So, today, you guys, we're going to give out some hearty hellos. We're going to say hello to everybody in Argentina.
1: Oh, hello. Because that's
0: brand new on the list for the month of February.
1: Okay. Hello, Argentina. Hello, Argentina.
0: And then we're also going to say hello to everybody in Puerto Rico. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. And then here in the States, in the US of A, in the continental area, Utah.
1: Oh, I have family in Utah. Hi, Utah. You're a beautiful state.
0: Yes, Utah is a beautiful state, and so whatever state you're listening from or country, we just want to thank you for for tuning in. So, yeah, James, do we have an icebreaker?
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, since we're we're covering ancient aliens and that that has to do with a lot of like hidden past secrets and things like that. Um, last time, I uh, I think I asked what. Era of history you'd like to have gone to, and so I I think in this case, separate concept. What is a past civilization that you have a great deal of admiration for, but wouldn't necessarily want to actually experience firsthand? (laughs) All of them. That would
1: be all of them. (laughs) That was coming. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't want to be like around the Aztecs because they 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 like to sacrifice. Yay. But you have admiration for the Aztecs. Yeah, who's seen the stuff they built? That's pretty cool.
0: Okay. I was actually going to say that the Aztecs are the Mayans. Wow. Yeah.
1: I was not expecting that.
0: Wow, James. Way to like put your thoughts into our brains. No, I think...
1: <laughs> I think if I showed up over with the Aztecs, I would have been sacrificed on the spot, right?
0: I think that... Um, I just, just seeing some of the, the artwork and like, it, it's a beautiful civilization. They've done so much, but I, yeah, I think that I would probably have been thrown to the wolves or mm. thrown off a tower or something. That'd yeah, be fun. Two pieces wow. of gods.
1: Yeah. I'm just. We I'm make just it sound saying. like all they did was sacrifice people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we showed up out of place. Yeah. You know, you and your UK shirt, your Kentucky
1: shirt. Mm.
0: They'd be like, "What is that guy He's not from here Well as, as I've Let's got enough cell
1: phone battery to wow everybody for a little while, I think I might be okay." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, your time machine. Look, look, guys, look.
1: <laughs> look, I still have Flappy Bird on my phone. And they're <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Flappy
0: Bird. I haven't heard, thought about that exactly. in years. You
1: can't even download it anymore. My phone's like worth everything.
2: <laughs> I, I can just imagine Alex going back in time and screwing up the timeline. And then fast forward, Museum of Natural History has like an Aztec wheel. Uh, calendar and and there's like Flappy Bird dead <laughs> center of it. Flappy
0: Bird and the UK Kentucky Wildcats uh, logo. Yeah. Ooh, yeah,
2: wouldn't
0: that be something, that would be- mm. <laughs> James? Trippy. What about you?
2: Um, funny enough, I was thinking Egypt. Um, you know, I mean, pre antibiotics and all that, but you know, they had really interesting advances in medicine and and a lot of really, I mean, I I just have a lot of admiration for Egypt on multiple levels is the the thing to take home. But
1: why would you not necessarily want to be there?
2: Uh, Again, pre-antibiotics, it's very flipping hot. You use ant larvae to shield your eyes from the sun and you use uh, perfumed cakes of fat to not stink. Eh, It's just not for me
0: it's just not for him but you know what james there are a lot of civilizations that were pre antibiotics
2: mm. yeah basically nice all of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm just saying that's that's the big kicker for not wanting to go there cuz it's hot and there's mosquitoes and mm. you know like pre antibiotic medieval europe would be rough but i i can imagine getting through it you- pre antibiotic egypt where it's hot and there's flipping tsetse flies and whatnot
0: mm. Mm. Not a fan. James is not a fan. I feel like I would also get eaten mm. alive by I, I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna flies. come out and say it. A controversial opinion. I don't care for titsy flies. Oh wow, ah. James! Wow. <laughs> I know, alienated all of our titsy fly collecting
1: <laughs> audience. Titsi oh well. flies are
0: scary. All right, you no guys. No one will, no one
1: will miss them.
0: I think it's time no. for us to that would you know that could have been your mission, James. If you had gone back to Ooh. Egypt, you could have rid the world of Tt flies earlier. Here we
1: go. Just do but mosquitoes as well. He's too afraid.
0: Well. He's too afraid.
1: Just go ahead and eliminate all mosquitoes.
0: Oh, please. Okay. All right. I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about ancient aliens.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Bloop, 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 bloop.
0: I'm gonna go first today. I'm just gonna steal it. Alex. So you, special value. you should see Alex's face. I stole that from him. Okay, oops. Plug it in, plug it in before it dies.
1: It doesn't go on that side,
0: you bub. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my my laptop has been dying at like 99% if it's not plugged in. I need a new laptop, is uh, really the uh, sounds like fake news. moral of the story. I think there. she just
1: turns her computer off at 75% and goes, Oh, I just, I just had to get a new computer.
0: It's She's true. Not working. I do need like, a new oh. computer. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're so rude. Okay, all right. <laughs> Punkies. I'm going to talk about aliens, obviously. <laughs> and dinosaurs.
1: Ooh, that's a good combo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because uh, apparently, and I didn't even realize this until I started like trying to find ancient alien stories, right? There's a theory floating around that maybe the dinosaurs weren't killed off by an asteroid, but were instead mm-hmm. killed off extraterrestrials. Why
1: would they do this? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, let me tell you the thoughts behind this theory, and you can decide whether or not you think it's real or fake. Mm. I've got my opinions, but I'll share those at the end. Yeah, they devoted an entire episode, multiple episodes, actually, of ancient aliens to the idea that aliens and dinos were kind of like roaming around on Earth together. It's like, hey, what's up? It's a T-Rex and I'm an alien. So, I'll be honest. I had trouble tracking down the entire episode of Ancient Aliens, (laughs) so I have not watched the entire thing, but I have watched several, several snippets of just the episode on YouTube.
1: Um, (laughs) Wow. I'm so glad you're only uh, three-fourths educated on this.
0: Yes. Well, also, I'm going to give a major (laughs) shout-out to Smithsonian Mag science correspondent Riley Black, who gave a really great breakdown of just the episode that they watched. and. Yeah. So, okay. First, you guys, I'm gonna take you to Ica, Peru. Okay, we're workers. All the work workers always find these things. Workers in 1961 found a whole bunch of carved stones. What? Yeah, that showed humans encountering
1: dinosaurs.
0: Dinosaurs. So, yeah, technically, I guess, it was a farmer. Okay. Anyways, these things, they're these beautiful stones. They're very pretty, very intricate, very ornate. It's like the human next to the dinosaur, and it's like a dinosaur that we know what it looks like today. Like, you know, a Triceratops with its
2: little
1: mm.
0: fan head. T-Rex with its little tiny arms.
1: Interesting. Yes,
0: very specific. So these stones have since obviously become known as the Ica stones, I-C-A stones. And per some of the people interviewed on the show. You
1: see, you see a, a stone? I-C-A stone?
0: Oh, um, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> no.
1: Ah.
0: Some claim that these stones are as old as the 5th century B.C. Whoa. Which is hella old, right? I mean,
1: there's some dinosaurs around mm. back there for sure. Yeah,
0: I guess. Well, there's there's lots of people who are very skeptical about the origin of these stones. and oh my, But
1: why? I
0: <laughs> I think that I am one of those people, you guys, because guess what? Many of these stones have since been proven to be fakes. I thought you were
1: going to say they're made of plastic. <laughs>
0: they're made of real stones but ancient aliens does not mention this on the show they basically just say some people are skeptical of the origin of these stones and that's that's where they leave it at okay they weren't well i dug into it a little bit more okay and okay this is the guy who is credited with finding most of these stones it's a doctor named javier cabrera and he supposedly found thousands of them, like a 100,000 of these stones in a cave. And they they range in size from, like, little tiny pebble to, like, massive. And they're very intricately carved. And supposedly a local farmer gave him his first one as a birthday present in 1966. And then he was like, whoa, this is beautiful. I've got to find the rest of these. And he found a whole bunch of them in a cave. But he wouldn't tell anybody what cave he found them in. (laughs) So archaeologists are like, we want to go look at where you found them, you know, so that we can do some analysis. And he wouldn't tell anybody. And then he opened up
1: a museum and he showed them off. Uh, He probably got them over Mm, at the Market to farm.
0: He's, (laughs) he got them somewhere. Um, The weird thing is that, like, there's so many of them that it's not possible that one person could have made all of these. So it is possible that maybe the first one was real. The first one was supposedly of a fish. They say it was the coelacanth fish. Oh. And they point to it and say, "Oh, this is proof that aliens were showing us that the coelacanth is, you know, either extinct or we could bring it back or something." I don't even I don't even know.
2: They're they're not extinct. They're living fossils. That was so cool about it. Yeah.
0: I know, James, but that's the <laughs> thing is they think it's like a sign from aliens, but then at the same time they think that a ton of these were just made. Like, oh look, you know, we've got these stones and then everybody now it's next thing you know, it's cool to make a fake stone, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So anyway Just
2: saying no to peer pressure. <laughs> One of those cool kids has <laughs> <It's laughs> you to make fake stones.
0: <laughs> Don't do it, you guys. But there is there is another place where I kind of got lost in my research here. These episode clippets that I watched were all over the place when it came to, like, when the dinosaurs were roaming the Earth. Because <sighs> creationists theorize that the dinosaurs, on- the dinosaurs the Earth is only, like, 6,000 years old, right?
1: Mm, I, know right. So. I used to work with someone that thought that. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, scientists who use radiometric dating believe the Earth is 4.5 billion years old. So... I couldn't really pinpoint when ancient aliens was theorizing that aliens came and like got rid of the dinosaurs or whatever or were hanging out with the dinosaurs Mm. because they had all sorts of different people that were interviewed on the show. Like they had creationists and then they had uh, scientists Mm. and they had authors. And so (laughs) it was all over the place, you guys. Anyways, Mm. some people also like to point to Mayan artwork. James, Remember I said that I wouldn't want to go back to the Mayan times? Because yeah. guess what? Some people theorize that dinos were quote-unquote roaming the earth back then. Okay? Mm. And I wouldn't want to be around dinosaurs if they were roaming the earth. Because apparently there are some pieces of Mayan artwork that kind of have dinosaur-like creatures in them. Hmm. I don't think it necessarily indicates that dinosaurs were roaming around at the time. Because the Mayans were very creative people. You know, maybe they mm-hmm. saw a lizard and were like, I'm just going to draw a picture of a big lizard. Yeah. Whatever. No,
2: I, I completely agree. I was mean, looking at an axolotl. They had those. They ate those. And if they uh, put one next to a person and didn't account for scale.
0: <laughs> there you go. Ooh. See? Okay. Another marvel from ancient aliens. About the ties between dinosaurs and aliens. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the Wedge of Ayud?
1: No, but it's starting to sound no. fake. <laughs>
0: Well, listen. Okay, here's the story about it. Per ancient aliens, they claim that in 1974 in Romania, workers, construction workers, they were just doing some work, minding their own business, as you'd expect. Yeah, <laughs> when all of a sudden they came upon mastodon bones. Oh. And with those mastodon bones was this little odd wedge-shaped artifact. It was mostly made up of aluminum, which isn't really a composition that humans apparently started using until much later in civilization. So that was kind of weird. Oh, yeah.
2: Like the 17th century.
0: There you go, Alex, the 17th century.
2: Yeah, I knew that.
0: Yeah. And so what is this odd wedge-shaped item doing 30 feet under the ground with mastodon bones, you may ask? Trash. (laughs) <laughs> no, this is the thing. They uh, There was a, an author, okay, it's the author of Technology of Gods, David Childress, who had to speak of the Wedge of Ayud, and he said, quote, this is baffling to archaeologists. It's an object that they say just couldn't exist, and an object like that would probably have to be coming from some very high-tech civilization, probably extraterrestrials, end quote. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, guys. Yep,
1: that was good. The that, Wedge of Ayud. I'm satisfied.
0: Well, <laughs> Some guy that they interviewed on the show also said that an aeronautical engineer took a look at the wedge and they was like, "Oh, it's got to be the landing foot or a gear from a spaceship." <laughs> so, you know, these mastodon bones are ten thousand years old. There's that's the only explanation for this wedge. Maybe right? it was
1: killed by one of those falling off of one of the ships.
0: Oh, exactly. That's what I said. I said, "What if the mastodon was hit by the crash-landed Ooh. spaceship? Wouldn't that be wild?" But no, I, listen, in our parts episode, I talked about a very similar item that people found underground and they were like, it's a hammer,
2: mm-hmm. I think, yeah. if I
0: remember correctly. And yeah, they're no, like, that's right. yeah, this thing is ancient. But then it's like, no, there's actually a way that something could slip into the silt and go down, depending mm-hmm. upon rain and all of that precipitation. So... Mm-hmm. Either that or it's like, you know, just an old, it's a piece of modern machinery that has gotten wedged. Wedged.
2: What's interesting, (laughs) though, is that argument is the argument that young earth creationists often use for, you know, the age of a lot of things.
0: Yep.
1: Where do you go, Cece? You're a creationist now.
0: Oh, it's, oh my gosh. No, I think that, I think that it's, I don't know. I, I just, I go back to my ooh parts and I'm like, this. This wedge was not there with the dinosaur (laughs) when the dinosaur was there. How Maybe it was. Listen, that's (laughs) just just how I feel. And there's also, apparently, and this is a clip that I could not find, but Riley Black talked about it in their article, but... There's a theory that aliens altered dino DNA to make them smaller and less threatening.
1: Dino DNA. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. They made them, turn them into homes. like crocodiles and birds and things that it's like, oh, now we don't have to worry about the humans being eaten by these T-Rexes.
2: You
1: uh, know? Thanks, thanks, aliens. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, some Turning people- raptors
2: into parakeets for us.
0: Exactly. Some people think that that's why the aliens did it that they were like, okay, these these humans, if they stay here on Earth with these giant creatures, then they're going to die. Mm. Like, James, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the aliens. What do you think of that? Uh,
2: I disagree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, wow. yeah, no. When it comes to this, the thing that really troubled me the most when I was watching my snippets and also outlined by Riley Black is that ancient aliens really does not give any true legitimate sources to any of their claims. It's just like this guy said, and this, this, you know, archeologists say, but then it doesn't.
1: Are you telling me that show is just in it for the views?
0: It's just in it for the views. They, oh, they just wow. want the clicks.
1: Yeah, it's probably just like that ghost hunter and that uh, Sasquatch show. It's
0: ancient aliens, you guys. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun to watch and to see these things, but then at the very end of it, it's like, come on, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So, in my opinion, a lot of it's just completely absurd, but it's fun to
1: think about. It's fun to think about, and that's
0: it, you guys. Aliens okay. and
1: dinosaurs. All right. Mm. I'll go next because it's kind of a good segue into mine.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I'm going to cover an aspect of the ancient astronaut theory that we haven't hit on before. Like we've hit on, um, we've kind of offhanded mentioned some of that. or We have like in- mentioned uh, a specific instance of, you know, something referencing uh, some sort of cosmic being. Maybe, mm-hmm. like, as a religious figure or something like that. Yeah. Um, type stuff. Yes. So mm-hmm. while trying to find some of the most compelling um, evidence for this and why some people believe ancient aliens are, well, real, I found that most of it just doesn't quite play out how a lot of us would like it to. <laughs> we, You know, we've covered a couple of things in the past, like, you know, things like Stonehenge, the pyramids, uh, structures of the Aztecs, Uh, among many other cultures. And I I thought structures might be a really good starting place to find ancient astronaut evidence. Well, it turns out almost all the structures, as far as I could tell, or all the structures, as far as I could tell, have been explained um, over time. You know, where we just came to this realization that these uh, ancient civilizations are just maybe a bit more advanced than we initially thought. And a lot more willing to break their backs to move some of these rocks long distances. Um, so we kind of underestimated the power of boredom. So, <laughs> so, so structures um, were pretty quickly ruled out for me. So uh, and it seemed to be it seemed to be explained by the science and evidence that um, or it, it just all seemed to be pretty self-explanatory. Now, next for me was. You know, scriptures and texts, they all, a lot of them mention things, and we've kind of touched on this in the past episodes, like, you know, fiery objects in the sky, and you know, these, these big, ominous things in the clouds, or, or not, not necessarily ominous, but, you know, filled with awe, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Now, this is kind of compelling because it's written by cultures all over the world. But when you kinda of think about it a little bit and at least from my perspective as humans, we've always been perplexed and interested by, you know, what is in the sky. It's kinda of, you know the great beyond. It's very interesting mm-hmm. and unfathomable. So for me, it's not too unusual for various people across the world to kinda of come up with similar ideas and the idea of something coming from something that is completely void. Right. So, for me, that didn't really satisfy me. (laughs) Now, you're probably thinking, well, Alex, you've been taking a while now, yeah, and you haven't really told us what you think. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) 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 But the thing that I landed on as being most compelling goes a bit back a bit to an old episode I did. I can't remember what the episode was, but I did it about a a cave that had all these ancient drawings. That were far more complex than really anything else at the time.
0: Yeah, I remember Um,
1: that. They played with perspective and all kinds of things. Now, again, I don't remember the name of the episode, but there's this weird element that we have found in ancient paintings in all the parts of the world. Um, And these parts of the world really probably wouldn't have been interacting. And these places have remarkably similar uh, petroglyphs. Uh, especially in terms of detail. A lot of them will depict individuals with gloves, um, with, like, space. Uh, I, are these, like, kind of... We would now classify them as, like, spacesuits. Some of them will have helmets. Now, some of them do have halos and that types of thing uh, in addition to the helmet. Uh, and even in some, in one instance, antenna. But altogether... The helmet and the spacesuit seem to be these driving factors of really weird things to add on. So, so there's art from the Tassil in Azure, which is in the Sahara Desert. I totally botched that. I'm sorry, people. Um, and that's 10,000 years old. And then we go to India, which is ten to 15,000 years old. Same thing. Aliens with gloves, uh, suit or spacesuits. And then we go to the Wagenda Wuj- paintings in Kimberley, Austria- Australia. They seem to be depicting aliens as well. And these paintings are 100,000 years old.
0: That's an old
1: painting. Yeah. And then the Toro Muerto images from Peru, about 3,000 years old. And then even uh, there's like a Stonehenge like thing in Armenia. And they have, the, they have their pretty cool deal. I really want to go check this place out. Um... And I don't know if we've covered it before, but if we haven't, I might cover it in a future episode. And it's probably about 8,000 years old. It's kind of debated on how old it is. It's legit. You know, we're not running into dinosaurs over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, This is legit. But um, they have pictures of car- these little carvings that really look kind of just like grace. How we picture you know the gray head. alien, the typical stereotypical alien, the big head with with mm. a big eyes with a helmet on. Yep, yeah, big head, big eyes, very strange. Oof. Now the biggest common factor is you know drawings of things that didn't really exist then. You know these these big gloves, these big space suits, and the helmet. Mm-hmm. So all very unique and strange, especially across all these different cultures. Now another odd thing. That I found just very interesting was some of this research done by Russian researcher Vladimir Advinsky, where he took some uh, Ural petroglyphs, which are Ural is a uh, tribe in, I believe, era. They were in Arizona of the United States. I think they still might. Oh, when you said Ural, I thought you meant like the Uralic mountains up in Russia. (laughs) No, Um, I think they are actually over in Arizona. And he found them to be not remarkably different from several chemical compounds, as we uh, know what as we know how to draw them. Yes. <laughs> so, what he found, and I'm, gonna, I'm showing it to CC right now. And it does the, look the, a the, the where I found this picture, uh, I didn't even cite my sources, um, but I'll cite them at the end of this. Um, but on Wikipedia is the only place that, or not the only place, but the best easiest place for people to probably go find this image. Um, and it's these drawings done by uh, in these Ural pictograms um, where they draw something that looks remarkably like polyethylene and polyvin- vin- probably polyvinyl chlorate chloride, and then they draw a tactic polyesterine. But then what's really interesting is that they have some of these drawings that look like graphite and a few other elements as well. Now, there is another one that's a little bit of a leap, but I kind of see it as well. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Eh, How do you spell Ural? U-R-A-L.
0: I think it it is Russia, Alex.
1: Uh, I could be wrong. Um, For some reason, I looked at Ural earlier and it said it was in Arizona, but... um, I may have clicked on the wrong thing. Here, I just clicked on it. I'm loading it up. Oh, you're right. Ural Mountains. Okay. Russia. Sorry, I was yeah. looking at two tribes earlier. Norse. I may have cross, cross-contaminated. <laughs> so, yeah, these Ural pictograms <laughs> from totally Russia. Um,
2: Funny enough, the Sony uh, people are Uralic, and I'm going to very briefly touch on them a tad. Look at you, James.
1: Very briefly. Um, well, my thing's all messed up now that I've clicked off of it. But... It is what it is. That's, uh, there we go. Yeah. Grimacidine S. Whatever the heck that is.
0: What is that, James? Not sure. Oh my gosh.
1: Wow. They're so advanced. Even James doesn't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, and these drawings are remarkably similar. I'm very, you know, It does make you question a little bit. He's
0: creeped out.
1: I'm not creeped out, but I do think it's very interesting. And now, Mm. is it a chance? Is it a case of, like, looking for things where they don't exist?
0: It happens all the time.
1: It's very possible. Mm. It's very possible. Now, these are strange, but they could be mean. So, like, this graphite one, maybe that's how they drew cows back then. I don't know. It's (laughs) um, But, you know, it, it could... It could be that an ancient astronaut gave these people drawings of chemical compounds for some reason. Why? Mm. I don't know.
0: Either that or maybe the those people were just like, I'm just going to doodle. I'm just going to doodle.
1: Well, and it could be. It could be. But some of them are shockingly similar. And then some of them feel like they might be reaches. But ah, at the very least, I think they're compelling. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've got is my evidence pictures from old people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, James, what are you talking about today ancient alien wise?
2: I am talking about the Dogons, which sounds like a kind of alien and maybe they are. So, uh in order to explain that a little further, let me let me give a little backstory about something that we do know with absolute certainty, and that is that Sirius this is a very serious conversation. Ooh. Sirius, the star, ah. Is, ah. Yeah, uh, is, is a huge, huge um, component of a lot of cultures. The, the Greeks and the Romans both, for example, uh, called it the dog star because it was believed to be the, the little dog that followed, um, uh, shoot the hunter, um, Orion. And it would turn up in late summer – And that's why we call it the Dog Days of Summer. It's when Sirius pops up. And yeah. So from antiquity all the way to the middle of the 19th century, like 1844, people just thought there was one star called Sirius, and that was it. And there's a whole controversy that's very complicated that I won't even delve into about what color Sirius is supposed to be, because... The ancients said that it was red, redder than Mars, whereas in modernity, it's a very bluish-white kind of color. Now, here's the thing, though. In, in the 19th century, it was discovered that there were actually two stars. And so the one that, that is white and blue became known as Sirius A. And what is presumed to actually be a great big uh, red giant, kind of interesting, is when you were talking about uh, ancient people's seeing red, is called Sirius B. And some people even think there's a Sirius C, but we're not totally sure. It, it has more to do with the actual position of the orbits, but a lot of people think that it could just be some sort of background object and not actually a star mm. in and of itself. And the peculiar thing about Sirius is it has a very, very odd orbit. The These two stars actually orbit one another, and they end up overlapping and switching orbits uh, over a period of of centuries. So it's an extremely odd thing that was only uncovered with modern telescopes in the 19th century. Except Uh in the middle of the 20th century, like the 40s, there was a couple of missionaries who met the Dogons out in Timbuktu. That is literally where they are out in. Mm. I just think that's hilarious in and of itself cuz we we associate Timbuktu. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> and also I, I it's interesting that Dogon sounds a lot like Dagon, which if you're an HP Lovecraft fan is is a fish deity that, you know, transforms people and all that. Um so here's the thing about the Dogons. Uh whenever these missionaries encountered them in the 40s, well, anthropologists and missionaries, it was a few people, but but notably anthropologists um, they were pretty shocked to find that the Dogons had a rather extensive knowledge of this orbit, which didn't really make a lot of sense. And I know that in a previous episode, I referenced an African tribe knowing about viruses and bacteria and antibiotics. And using Occam's razor, we could deduce that, well, they must have ex- you know come into contact with people who had that knowledge And then they just incorporated it into their natural belief structure. And we've talked about that before. Um, I, I recall that. But and that's exactly what Carl Sagan did. He used Occam's razor and he was like, this is nonsense. They totally just, you know, got information from an outside source and incorporated it. And a number of skeptics have made that claim. Here's the thing. They have artwork that showcases this that was not discovered too, too long ago uh, by Westerners. And it's dated about 300 years ago. Hmm. So that's before we knew about the orbit. So it doesn't really add up, does it? So a lot of religions put an emphasis. I'm I'm jumping around a little bit because this is is a, a very Gordian knot. Of a of a narrative, no. but uh, a lot of belief structures have fish-like deities, including Dagon. Dagon was worshipped by Semitic peoples in the Levant area, and uh, and even actually the the uh, Assyrians and the Babylonians had versions of Dagon. In fact, uh, there was even a, a king. He was actually a rival to Sargon of Akkad, and his name was Nur Dagon. He was named after. The, the deity. And originally, Dagon was not a fish-like being, but at some point he, be- he developed the lower body of a fish, which is just very, very peculiar. Okay. Similarly, the Sami, he told you to touch on it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they worshipped a fortune-telling fish deity, and fortune-telling and wish-granting in fishes are common in Uralic cultures. That's where we get the stories about like fishermen getting wishes from a fish they catch that's really yeah. a spirit and all that. Uh, this deity's name was Ravga. And the reason why I'm talking about fish deities is, well, you'll see. Um, <laughs> furthermore, in Hinduism, there's an avatar, of Vishnu, who's one of the chief deities. Really, Shiva or Vishnu, take your pick, is, is the foremost interpretation of, of uh, God as a mm, understandable, non-latent being. And one of the avatars, Matsya, was a fish. And he actually looks kind of similar to Dagon. And funny enough, according to a lot of uh, Vishnu adherents, Jesus Christ was actually an avatar of Vishnu as well. So that's kind of interesting. Speaking of Jesus Christ, uh, the ichthus is the symbol for Jesus, and it is a fish. And bishops wear a fish-like hat that has caused actually a lot of nonsense spread on the Internet that they uh, got that from, from Dagon priests. Well, actually, they got that from... Uh, like 13th century rabbis, and it didn't start until like the 17th century, give or take. Ooh. But it is possible that those rabbis got the idea from priests of Dagon. But that's that's a big speculation. But it does annoy me that that's something that you see on the internet that oh, the Catholic priests are like Dagon priests. Not really. That's that's not where they got it from. But uh, <laughs> but in, anyway. Incidentally, um, when Jesus was born, uh, you know, the star in question had entered Pisces, and a lot of people refer to the era uh, in which Christianity became the dominant belief structure as the Piscean Age, followed by the uh, more New Age type uh, Aquarian Age. So a lot of fish iconography surrounds, fish new, surrounds Jesus, surrounds a number of of religions, And it's kind of a peculiar thing. It makes sense that human beings would have a archetypal and special place psychologically with regard to fish because we, we tend to live along shorelines. And that could easily be the interpretation. But that's not what the Dogons believe. And the Dogons, as I said, have a very unusual understanding of Sirius. So that's where they think they're from. They think Ooh. that originally... A fish or amphibian-like race from flipping Sirius, that star system, came to Earth, seeded it with human life, and gave them the specific task of maintaining the hidden knowledge that the Piscean people, uh, that's just what I'm going to call them, uh, gave to them, hmm. and that they've, they've held on to that information through tens of thousands, if not longer, years. Now, that's pretty remarkable, if true. And I would like to to just briefly go over this, this belief structure. So it, it starts off with a being called Namo or Numu. And originally, there was a sky god called Ama. And after his creation, and by the way, the Dogons are real into symmetry and harmony. It's a big deal for them. I would mm. fit right in.
1: Yeah. And,
2: uh, <laughs> So there was originally a singular being called Ama, but he created Nomo. Nomo was the first living creature ever, ever, ever. So afterwards, and this is a really weird thing that I've never heard of in any mythology. Nomo decides he's going to go through mitosis, basically. He becomes four pairs of twins, which twins are also a big part of Nomo culture, because again, that, that whole concept of harmony. Um, but one of those twins decided that they didn't want to be part of that universal harmony that Alma had created. So Alma sacrificed another one of them uh, and dismembered it, scattered it throughout the universe, and became the origin for shrines throughout his territory. So in other words, whenever part of this twin that he sacrificed, which to, to reiterate was part of him originally, a shrine was erected for him. You see where I'm going with this? This is this is one of the more interesting theories because when you when you look at this commonality of fish worship throughout human history, and then you look at their specific view, not that it's an actual fish deity from like Earth's oceans, but rather from the stars, it gets real sci-fi real quick. So that's flipping bizarre. So then so he decides he's gonna leave Sirius, and uh, come to Earth. And he did. In a vessel made of fire and thunder, which sounds like a flipping spacecraft.
0: It sounds like a spacecraft.
2: Yeah. So when he arrived, him being an aquatic creature, he created a great big reservoir that was, I'm assuming, the sea, and dove in. And because he needed that to live. And what he ended up doing is he then underwent another kind of division wherein he divided his body amongst either his creation, the, the humans, or pre existing primitive humans who had no, uh, we, we're not sure about that, had no understanding of like the knowledge, which again, this, this really echoes hard with uh, like the, the Nephilim, mm. well, the Elohim rather you know, teaching knowledge to human beings. So the way he did so was a very peculiar form of communion. Again, he's a very liquid-like being. Uh, They drank from his body. And in doing so, they gained the knowledge that they needed to to become, I I suppose you could say, human, like Hmm. truly human, elevated, not animals, not beasts.
0: Hmm.
2: So... Yeah, there's a lot of skeptics, and there's a lot of good arguments that this is bunk, but the commonality is what fascinates me the most. The idea that they worship a aquatic being from Sirius and that aquatic beings, especially beings who have the upper body of a humanoid and the lower uh, body of, of a fish, crazy how common that is, like just throughout every single culture. It's huge in Polynesian cultures, but you see it even in Uralic cultures, which is not a particularly uh, water-inclined, I mean, excluding the Black Sea uh, kind of place. Mm. So, yeah, the Dogons are a fascinating bunch. They have some very peculiar views, and one of the more complicated – kind of tribal societies I have ever seen. There are so many different rules and casts and and uh, uh, just walks of life that things that are acceptable for one kind of person isn't acceptable for, for another. It's very convoluted, and that alone to me lends credence to the fact that they're basically living a sci-fi novel. <laughs> and I don't mean that, by the way, disparagingly. I think it's flipping remarkable.
1: Do you think they somehow evolved into dugongs,
2: <laughs>
1: uh, you know that's a
2: fun question, actually. Not, not that I'm not, I'm not lending credence to it. I'm just saying, Lend credence you know, to it. <laughs> uh, well, manatees and dugongs do physiologically resemble humanoids with the lower body go. of a fish, so there that could go. be part of the inspiration for some of those deities. It wouldn't really ma- add up in Polynesia well,
1: confirm.
2: and uh, confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> you were all like, still.
0: Hmm. Well, wow. dugongs. but dugongs, well, <laughs> James,
2: Dagon, dogons, dugongs.
1: dugongs, exactly. It's a natural path.
0: James always mm-hmm. looking for commonalities between cultures. Look at you! Mm. Not surprised by your reports at all. So good job, yeah. James.
2: Perennialism.
0: Way to go, Thank guys! You. Um, is there anything you all want to add before we drop them bay?
1: Uh, oh, our whoop. music is by Grant Cook. You can find yeah, it. It. it was on Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. All Just right. Bye-bye. I was shocked it didn't come sooner. Draw, mm. draw, draw. I was trying to decide whether to wait till after we threw from the vase. So I was gonna mix it up. Uh, all
0: right, you guys. Next week, we are talking about intuition. Hmm. Ooh. That'll be an interesting one. This was suggested to us by Chase P in Greenwich.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I just had a feeling that's what we were going to draw.
0: Uh, uh, oh. wow. So, you guys, next week we're going to dive into a little bit into psychology.
2: Ooh. Cool. Good
0: well, deal. T-
2: you
0: guys, with that, I think it's time to hit the road. It's time to say Rivederci. We hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Tell your friends about us. And then also leave us a review on iTunes if you really, really like it. So, you guys... Hmm. Until next week, we hope that you can keep
1: keep it straight.